From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back literally, literally back again for the the reunion tour 2022. The hiatus is over. The hiatus is over. Man, I got both. I got Colt and Chris back in the studio with me today, El which is Dubai. amazing. So, hey, I, you know, my name's John Gafford. I am your host. Thanks for joining us today on The Power Move. With me, not, I say, you say with me as always, but it's not as always. Now it's almost like a special treat when everybody's here. So, directed my left, as always, Colt the Bulgarian Mongoose Amadan. Back at it again. Next time, don't do a podcast after a morning of drinking and golf. Yes. That was a bad move. Yeah, well, dude, it had to get done, man. Had to get done. And, uh, and, and let's face it, <laughs> could the podcast have been any zanier last week if you were on it? No. I don't think, I, uh, halfway. I wish I was there actually. yeah dude i i miss you guys always when you're not here but halfway <laughs> through that thing i was like holy sh nikes am i gr- glad that chris and colt are not here because this would just <laughs> my, be getting my ugly sober and good. perspective on and everything. speaking of chris back from his extended tour of scandinavia and the subcontinent or wherever the hell you were this time the counselor chris connell back yeah. in the driver's seat to my far left nice to see you counselor. gentlemen how, so first of all, man, let's let's break into you. How in the world was uh, scaling the three tallest peaks? Because so I, <laughs> in the UK. So this is a good lesson for the power move. <laughs> Preparedness is key. So key. We, just, we went and we did the tallest one. Scheduling, yeah. we couldn't make all three as a part of the trifecta, but we did the tallest mountain in the UK. Yeah. How now, tall is that? So it's a forty-four hundred foot elevation gain. It took eleven hours. Now. Yeah. It doesn't maybe sound like as much as it really is, but uh-huh. it was through about 12 different climate changes. Oh, good. It was snow and ice in Scotland in uh, you know May. It's cold, and it wasn't fun, and I immediately regretted it as soon as I was up there. Um, Just were you not prepared uh, clothing-wise? Uh, what it so was? thankfully I had enough, but I didn't. There's a, I don't want to get into the, the, the details, the specifics of mountain climbing, but you have to have certain gear. I underestimated it, which meant I wore some cotton, and that cotton got soaked immediately. So ch- there's a little chafing so going so on. Chilled, a little, little chafing. chilled for the whole time. Ch- so it's uncomfortable. Chilled to the bone. And the, yeah, so it was a lot more difficult than I thought. Let's just put it that way. But we've climbed the tallest mountain in um, Ireland, North Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England. So I'm, I'm basically the new king. So that's it. So you, you, did you happen to stop by and see my plot in Scotland of that I'm lord over? That you did are you, lord of. Did you happen no, to see I, that? I waved at both of ours for myself from the top of the Scottish <laughs> you, Highlands. You waved from the top of the Highlands, and, and that was the extent for, of it. For Lord John Gaffer. Yeah, and see, so so you so what you're telling me is you couldn't make it last week because you're off climbing mountains in the yes. UK. Colt, you were just uh, too tired after golf. Yeah, too much <laughs> drinking. No, it was. You want to talk about cold? <laughs> Like sixty degrees playing. It was cold. Playing golf in the. It was a cold. It was cold. Yeah. For those of you that don't live in Las Vegas, you have to understand the weather here turns on a dime. I mean, it was like a hundred. No, it it was. It it was in the. It was in the forties. I think really teed off. Mm -hmm. It was cold, man. It it was really cold, and then you had like sixty mile an hour gusts. Yeah, it was. You guys play a Legacy? Yeah. Yeah, we played a Legacy. It was no the, the Trying sca- to get the awesome Martin. Didn't, yeah, this, it, didn't come close. <laughs> yeah, so I get out there, and uh, they're like, okay, let's drive the car, the, the car out to the hole. I'm in an Aston Martin Vantage, like brand new. And I saw I'm, that. Like driving it through yeah. the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> off-roading. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. I'm, he's like, just follow me. It'll be fine. I'm like, bro, no, it really won't. So you, was like, that Nick's? 
Yeah, it was Nick's. Nick, okay. Nick Dose at Vegas Auto Gallery. Get There's his weekly plug, I guess. Yeah, I know, says right. he was nice enough to give that to us. Nobody but, uh, want it? Hey, Nick, no, have, no have me on Facebook, bro. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. No, don't. Yeah. I canceled my friend. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, did you cancel my friend? Request, yeah, Nick, Nick, if you could, yeah, he's <laughs> Connell has officially rescinded his friend request to you, Nick. You can't be friends anymore. He's over. And Chili's is still bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fucking Chili's. You know, I really didn't. It wasn't because of drinking and golf. A homeless person broke into one of my properties. So I was dealing with that. That's what so, it was. You were on Boulder that's Highway. That's Boulder Highway. What do you guys think of golf as a business tool? Now, I know a lot of people feel very fondly of it. <laughs> I, I, you get four hours one-on-one with somebody. That's never a bad thing, right? right? Whether it's cigars, drinks, mountain climbing. You know what I mean? Four hours of one-on-one with people. But I think, But I think it's the worst of you, though. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I mean, do I really want a prospective client to hear me go, what? Do I, really want, do I really want that out there? Yeah, it I might. Yeah, I, I don't know. It shows your true character, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which, which is not which a less, bad well, thing. Let's face it, a lot of our true character, you probably yeah. want to keep it down yeah. deep and dark yeah. and pressed down. I'm asking on a professional level. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's not what it used to be back in the 90s, I, early 2000s, right? I, but, I, think, I think the problem with golf is, is it just takes too long. Yeah. I mean, it's just too long, man. It and it's like, and, and I think I think the nine hole nine, hook nine to me is has it. Right, but I, but I think it hasn't quite caught on because I think it's like, I think I think we're not yeah. quite there yet in in the site. It, like we want to go golf. Oh, we're just gonna play nine. You're gonna play nine. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, people think it's a waste of time, but to me, it's two hours. Yeah, it's okay? perfect, and you can grab drinks after, do all yeah. the fun social things of golf. Yeah. Right. So we played at the Las Vegas Country Club. We played three days, and we uh-huh. I actually saw. The, the oh, Bulgarian yeah. mongoose in his natural habitat. <laughs> did you? Did you? <laughs> I was so confused because Chris was texting me, like being really precise about real questions. I know he's like, "Dude, living. nice orange thong." Yeah. You're like, "What are you talking about?" He was sitting there asking me about like where I live exactly, and I'm like, "Right here about this." And he, it started with the monorail, so I was like, "This." He's like. That's a fucking far walk. And he's just going <laughs> off. I'm like, what? The? I finally, what did I say to you? Something like, dude, you're getting real personal. Like, what's going on? He goes, oh, I'm playing your course. I'm like, you yeah. should start course. Off. I just want to come by and, you know, yeah. jump in your back. John came by. I did. Oh, John rode the monorail. I did ride the monorail. Where you so were. Colt, I feel, was a little deceptive about the monorail thing. He drives to the monorail. Yeah, he does. He was talking like, "Hey, let's no, no, walk no. over to the monorail." No, no. He, I'm wondering. He has what he has walked oh, home yeah. at night through oh, that yeah. neighborhood Once, into right? the monorail. Yeah, one time. Yeah. That's enough. That's enough. So I was under this thing. So I'm driving over there to play that course. I played the the member guest there. Yeah. It was three days. Each round was about six hours, six and a half hours. You want to talk about too much golf? Mm-mm. Think about this. What do you ever want to do for six hours? Very little. I don't want to sit very on the little. beach for six hours. No. I don't want to have the best dinner of my life for six hours. No, very little. You you better be. I want to sleep for six sleep hours. Yeah. That's it. Because right. I'm it. not there when it's happening. Or you know what else? I want to fly in Emirates for six hours. I'll fly in Emirates for six hours. Okay. <laughs> take that back. <laughs> there you go. One. I got one, one thing. I got so one thing. There you go. Yeah. I'll take sixteen hours Emirates. I'll take sixteen I mean, hours Emirates. What? Do you think the monorail stopped in my neighborhood? <laughs> no, no, no. I just thought that I didn't know. No, where we thought the, you lived in a tent underneath the monorail. I thought the neighborhood was situated in a way where you were a close walk it is close uh, no it's not i disagree it's yeah. it, when it's 110 degrees out you're not walking you're not walking there. Well, no who's but i don't need to at 110 i drive where i need to get to no so i was just like i said you i thought we we're all gonna go park over there walk over for the football 
Oh yeah, draft and then no, we went What's to. Was it not amazing? No, it, dude, it was actually super. Then you drove over to it. Yeah, we drove to it. So, but it was super handy. Okay. It was super handy. Well, today on the power on the power move, I want to talk about some stuff. I mean, obviously, we could sit here and talk about nonsense for sure. you know as long as we want. But what I really want to talk about is, you know, we go over a lot of books and stuff. And we talk about uh, a lot of other people's perspective on things. But today, I wanted to kind of talk about my perspective on some stuff, which is all you know. All you got to do is turn on the TV, open a newspaper, if that is even such a thing anymore. It's not. Click on your phone, whatever it might be. <laughs> it's a figure of speech, I guess. Yeah. If you want to start to sound like what's. Well, I just uh-oh. read Chuck Klosterman's book called The Nineties. Yeah, you know Chuck Klosterman is an I essayist. He wrote Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. He's he's one of the most. Um, kind of sardonic he's such a funny writer he's brilliant Mm. he does a thing about why baseball is infinitely more american than soccer like it's just all these things like he's really he wrote for espn and rolling stone and he's a very prolific writer Mm. but he has these essays on things so he wrote this book of essays about the 90s literally goes over the entirety of the 90s it's pretty awesome i'd actually like to read that yeah and so the the capstone of the book the last statement and and you would love it It's, it's really brilliant but was talk about how at the advent, right before the Twin Towers fell. So to, he said his argument is that 9-11 ended the 90s. Yeah. Right? Just the idea of what the 90s were. Yeah. You know, what Y2K and then, and then the Twin Towers coming down. Mm-hmm. From that point, all newspapers kind of ran the same articles. Everything became electronic. It went from 55 million subscribers to actual physical newspapers to less than half of that within, a, within like a couple of years. And that was yeah, no time. So. so nobody reads the newspaper anymore. But the point being is this. <laughs> Wherever you get your information, you know, beamed to you from some other planet, as Colt probably does. Osmosis. Whatever it is. It, people are saying the economy's, you know, not doing well. Recession is coming. You know, lean times are coming. Maybe time to tighten the belt and do those things. And what makes any successful corporation successful in the long run is they prepare for good times. Prepare for right. good times and bad times. And I think not enough individuals do it. I mean, there's. it seems like a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Godzilla is going to tear up Tokyo until he's outside their door ble- yeah. breathing fire through it. Right. So what we're going to try to do is, you know, while Godzilla might be out in the harbor bubbling a little bit, this is when you, you maybe go maybe i should make some changes to uh to protect myself so i want to talk about some stuff that we do here within our corporations that um you know translate really to you and that you can absolutely use to uh prepare yourselves for whatever the uh whatever the oncoming you know rainstorm will look like because you know the only thing that's sure is about things is they will change this too shall pass and the rain is a coming is what it is so the first thing i would say is when we when we look at times like this is we analyze all of our income streams um for those of you who don't know, um, we, I own several companies here uh, in Las Vegas, most of which are tied to the real estate industry uh, from Simply Vegas, which is a very large real estate brokerage. Actually, now, currently in Vegas, the number one and number three offices currently in the MLS we have, uh, which is good. And we also own Clear Title, which is a title and escrow company. And we own Streamline Home Loans, which is the number one rocket broker in all of Nevada. Um, we have expanded these businesses over several states, nine states, and that's just kind of our core business of what we do. But all of those represent a different income stream. So, so many times when you have different ways that you make money and in the hustle gig economy, whatever it may be, you know, crypto bros, all this stuff, NFTs going up and down, you know, you've kind of got a little bit of money coming in from multiple places. If you are someone that only has money coming in from one place, we're going to talk about you in just a second. But if you hopefully have been smart enough to acquire more than one income stream by whatever means it may be, I mean, if you're going to, if you're Gary Vee it up at the, you know, finding stuff over at, at 
know, garage sales and flipping it and, you know, whatever you're doing, but what do, but yeah, no, whatever no, you're it's doing, just, it's just, what, yeah, whatever you're doing, you I mean, know, you can get paid $5,000, go find bodies in Lake Mead. Yeah, there you go. If your body, if your body's searching in Lake Mead, it, now see, is that really fair, Colt? Because like, how many could you find before they start looking at you? Like, <laughs> like you're this guy might know too many. I feel like, like <laughs> I feel like this is the easiest way Not to catch one. people. They're like surgeon missing person. <laughs> yeah, they're like as well as the bodies cold found. In the middle. They're yeah, like, exactly. you know what? It's going to cost us like twenty thousand to do a freaking whole thing on get it. A guy if off we the do, street, yeah. yeah. If we yeah. get five thousand, they're turning on themselves for five thousand. That's way but cheaper it, than the Crime it, Stoppers. Yeah. It is, it is. But if you have multiple income streams and hopefully you do uh, you need to start analyzing those streams as far as the total pie of what they make up into your your total pot if you will because what I found is and I am a victim of this is I tend to put energy into not necessarily my highest my highest driving income streams mm-hmm. um, and, and so I make a point of what we're doing as a company to, to break down about every quarter I'll stop and look at all those revenue streams see where's my money really coming from because if it's all kind of flowing into one account or flowing into one LLC or if you know you're at home and you're just a you know you don't own a big company but it's just you if it's all flowing into one bank account well you don't might not take time to see where this is really coming from and you may be surprised because the majority of your revenue may be coming from something that you didn't even realize. Now, if you are someone that has a, if you are a one income uh, earner, if you have a job, that's your job, you get money that comes in from that. You know, when lean times are coming, I could not recommend getting an additional source of revenue any way you can. And there's a million ways to do it. I mean, if you just if you Google side hustle on, on, on Google, like 8 million things are going to come up. But essentially anything that can be done with a computer, you can do. I'm not saying you got to get a second job where you go trade your time for money. Everybody that's listening to this, I don't care who you are, you got a skill. You know how to do something. You have some, there's something in your head that you know how to do that somebody else does not. Or that would pay you for. Yeah, that they would pay you for it. You can go onto Fiverr, you can go onto Upwork, you can go onto these sites, and you can become a freelancer that works when you want to work. And accomplishes these things. You don't have to go get a second job and trade your time for money. That's a really good point. And I, I think people don't take inventory of their own skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that you do at your job that somebody like me, right, who's a small shop, a one-man shop or whatever, would gladly pay somebody a certain amount for to, for me not to have to do it. Yeah. And I mean designing posters. I mean all these little tasks, right? That you may think it's not a big deal or no, it's not that marketable. I guarantee you just you having a bit of time and capacity is valuable to somebody. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like even if you keep the books at your job, even if you do HR policy manuals, oh my God. You, whatever you do, there's somebody that could use you on a, on an a la carte basis. Well, dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, that's a great example of what you just said. Cause we actually just wrote, rolled one of our <coughs> companies over to a system called bamboo HR. I get nothing for this, but it's, it's a fully automated kind of HR system on the back end. It's really good, but you got to build it like anything else. Like they give you the, like, here's the framework and you got to plug your stuff into that it to make it work. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so we didn't know how to do that. So rather than try to figure it out, I just found somebody that knew bamboo and I paid them straight up consulting gig to just get it up and running whatever a couple and hundred it, bucks thousand bucks yeah no no it was a couple it thousand dollars they made. it's real and, money and, and, yeah and the difference is you know it saved me hundreds right. of man hours trying to get somebody to learn how to do that when i really just needed it done once that's and right. there's a lot of things in life that you I, just need done once i saw a guy uh he makes <clears throat> two hundred thousand a year by 
uh, going CRMs. So when you want to switch CRM oh, yeah. and they're not linking up, you data input, right? Yeah. And he just sat there and he hired like a bunch of guys out of India and he charges X and then passes it on to them. And, and that was a good side hustle. That well, he made his main hustle. Dude, if I needed a side hustle and I, and I wanted to go get one right now, I, I created fans? one this, I created one this weekend that I guarantee I could do. Cause I was sick on Friday. I didn't feel well. Coming over a little, everybody, dude, it's been a crazy six. I feel like I'm sick the whole year this year. Uh, yeah, everybody's waiting. Are you sick right now? Got, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm, the, I'm on the, t- no, I'm on the tail end of it. Da- daughter got sick, and I got. Sick. Everybody got a little, little sore. Because people little are back cough. without masks. Say whatever you want about masks. Right. People weren't breathing their shitty air all over you. So right. you probably had. Yeah, a, what it a couple is. years, weeks, weeks yeah. in your immune system. <laughs> Built up. No, that's probably what it is. So, so anyway, but but so I, I didn't come to work on Friday. I stayed out of work because when I have germs, I stay away from people because I don't want to get sick. And uh, you know, I tackled the beast, which is reprogramming my house because we talked about it before. Where my home automation company that has you know all ninety whatever switches in my house decided to go out of business and just just fall off the planet. So I found an quote unquote easy to use solution, which was not. It was an absolute nightmare. And after about a full solid like twelve hours of trial and error and just figuring it out, I got my house completely back up online. It works now with both. Um, both Apple Home Assistant and uh, Android, so I can tell Alexa so or Siri. Oh, I can come so over regar- and use regardless it, of which, nice. one, regardless of which one of my robot slaves I'm talking which wrong, to, which wrong programming? Yeah, regardless which one, the house is now fully fully working again, which is awesome. But here's the thing: when you do something like that, like I got 12 hours invested in this, I could go set somebody else's house up the first time now. So I guarantee you, I could jump on Craigslist right now and put like Insteon you know, conversion. And there's other, I'm not the only idiot in town that had those switches. There's somebody that's Googling it. Cause I know I went to Craigslist like five times trying to find somebody that could do this yeah. before I've eventually said, well, I guess, guess that someone's going to be me. Cause I couldn't find anybody to do it. So you, you could create the market. Yeah, I could absolutely create a market to do that. And, if, and, and I mean, I would have paid if somebody told me that for a thousand dollars, they would have come over to my house and done this. I'd have paid it. Thousand dollars, John. You bill your time at eighty bucks an hour. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. No, I'm telling you. No, before I actually knew how to do it, I'm right. just saying I didn't know. But you would have paid. I knew it was four thousand dollars. Now that you knew yes. it was going to take. You oh God! Hours. If I thought it was going to be twelve hours, yeah, I'd pay four grand. That's. What, but I'm, what saying, I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm saying the perception of me going into it yeah, was yeah. I, I would have thought it been a couple. I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, it so yeah. if you told me for a thousand bucks, because I had no concept of how hard it was actually going to be. Right now that you know. Now see again. Now what I would probably do is I would probably not put a price i would have them call and say have you been trying to do this and if they say yes i'd be like oh it's four grand because i know <laughs> i know that they're just yeah, yeah they're we, just we call they, that uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, price differential yeah exactly <laughs> they, they've hit a wall at this point they're, yeah. wanting, they're, they're more desperate but you know yeah but that's what i would Because if you were to say i'll pay you a thousand dollars to do it i'll be like okay it better only be four hours yeah but but that's the point the point is is you if you, as you learn new skills through necessity Understand there's probably other people that need those skills and you can market them. So anybody says, I don't have anything that's not worth the side hustle. You, you don't, you don't. So the next thing I would say that's important as you're, as you're doing your little analyzation of, of everything and preparing for the in, impending recession, as they, as they're saying is evaluate your staff. Now we look through, and this is, this is going to sound a little ruthless, man. This is going to sound a little cold, but there's two sides to this coin. It's true. When, time, when b- businesses are heading into times where they fear that it may not be as, as prosperous as it once was, when the surf drops a little bit, if you will, you're looking for every way you can kind of cut your margins. So you're, you're saying, okay, let's look at employee A. Can, 
employee A, can I get somebody else to do the same thing that employee A does for less money? Yes. So if you are somebody that doesn't have any employees, you do have employees. We all have dependents. What do we got? We got kids. Now, Granny, I know you can't fire your kids. Even though God I've tried. Lord, some days, I've tried. Lord, we've tried some days. You can't <laughs> fire your kids. But when's the last time you sat down and asked yourself, how much money am I actually investing in my kids? And I'm not talking about in school. I'm not talking about in insurance. I'm not talking about in food and coverage. I'm talking about in nonsense. I'm talking about in stuff that maybe you don't need to. I have All a right. particularly fortunate situation in that I don't. Yeah. Because my daughter's mother mm. has taken it upon herself to oversupply her with things like clothing and yes. stuff. So it doesn't come out of my end. Yeah, it doesn't come out of your end at all. But but the point being is, always but, been a great arrangement. But the most but most people don't even realize how much you give your kids because it is one of my favorite places to spend money is on yeah. my children, yeah. and a lot of people don't even realize that. So getting your hands around that, in what way? Like, can you can you just give in, an example? In, gen, in general, like, like hey, can I have ten bucks for this game? Or no, this or no, or no. Like like we're playing the cross, so. Uh, you know, he goes out there the first time and as soon as he realizes he's going to get it, you know, we started with the lacrosse quote unquote starter pack, but as soon as he gets serious about it and he wants to get better, you know, and now I'm, I'm asking the coach, okay, would a new head on his lacrosse stick, would a new stick make him better? Yeah. If it's done right and it's strong, right? Yes, it would buy this. And so now I go from the, you know, $55 starter lacrosse stick to the $299 lacrosse head. That's now strong. But would that ever change recession or otherwise? I mean, no, it would because, yeah. because again, because again, I'm, I was making a purchase like that unconsciously, right? right. I'm, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just saying, well, he needs this for this, but in reality, he didn't really need it. Yeah. And I think I just want him, if he's going to, if in either, either <clears throat> they're going to do something, I want them to have the best resources that they can to try to do as well as I can. So I'm not saying, <clears throat> you know, cut back on your kids, but just be mindful of what you're spending. Yeah, but also volleyball camps. Yeah. But dude, but on the, on the flip side of that coin, if you are somebody and this is you, if you are an employee that earns a truckload of money, you better figure out a way going into this to make yourself absolutely irreplaceable. Right. What I mean by that is, <clears throat> like, don't let the boss see you taking vacation right now. <laughs> this is not a good time for you to be gone for eight days when they can realize, maybe we can do this yeah. without you. Yeah, the, ship, <laughs> not, the ship's gone. Yeah, not a good time. And I would probably be not necessarily up in their grill, but whoever's making these decisions at your boss, I would probably be, hey, what else can I take on? What else can I be doing? What else can I be doing to make the company successful? Because maybe instead of replacing you for a lower dollar employee, they get rid of somebody subordinate that don't really need and then put their workload on you. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants more work, but you know what's worse than more work? No job yeah, no when, you're, when you're single. And this is what happened in 2007, 8, 9, right? Yeah. They, they sat there and said, well, we don't need 1,000 employees. We can do this with 250. Because what they realized, people sitting there fucking around on Instagram or Facebook back then and all, YouTube, and they're not even working that hard. Mm -hmm. So I get, so they sat there. I, I've worked one corporate job for nine months, and a week into it, I go, this is the stupidest thing ever. I could knock out in one day what you have me doing in a, a week. whole week. Like, yeah. this is stupid, you know, and it is. Like, you've got to make yourself – got to be a little brown noser. you got to be a little, like, well, it's, hey, it's, over it's, – it's, well, it's, it's not about being a brown noser. No, but I don't think over, that's right. No, you've got to because – here's the thing. Like, people do have emotional ties. Even some corporate boss still has somewhat yeah, emotional if you, ties, If he right? prefers you. Yeah, prefers yeah. you over somebody. You. Yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah. You might say, "Hey, look, uh, but you know, I but you know who, bo you know who know. bosses prefer? 
They prefer the guy that makes their life easier. Yeah, they prefer the, the person, person that makes their. Yeah. That's Jack Welch's yeah. whole thing, yeah. right? Make make your boss make make her life easier, and then your life is better. I hired the smartest people around me to make that's my life it. easier. That's so. it. Um, so you, to that point, mm-hmm. though, there's a couple of interesting caveats to what you guys are saying. Cole had a good point in that you know during the recession they found out they didn't need all these people, right? Mm-hmm. And then during COVID, we learned we didn't need office space and co-workings. We didn't need a lot of that stuff yet vacancies for corporate right now are sub 1% somehow for commercial units. Well, it, okay, well, let's talk about that and then, real quick. And, then, and that, you can't hire anybody. There's no, there's nobody available for jobs. Right well, now. I think that, I think that you're going to see, you know, if you talk about, you don't need the office space, that, that little experiment is, is failing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, um, it's so, definitely failing. You know, they say, you know, the magic's in the hallways. That's where the magic of any corporation is. Not in the meeting rooms. It's not in the office. It's in the hallways. But those offices are all full still. Everybody yeah, they are. Everybody was talking about, oh, we're getting away from offices, offices. No. Then why are they all full? No, they're, yeah, they're recalling it's going, it's going back to the traditional 90s, early 2000 office, right, where people started going, well, Google and Facebook have these cool offices open, you know, WeWorks and WeWorks, mm-hmm. totally thing, right? Like that shit does not work. It works if you are, you know, a bunch of people try and build something together and you can go sit around a table and whatever, but normal 90% of 95% of companies and job needs just normal office spaces. And you cannot have salespeople doing sales jobs from at home. Yes. You can throw an it team at home, right? You can throw those people that are super analytical. They can work in a closet and they'll do their job. Right. But that's 10% of your work. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, 90% of your people, like you said, the hallways. Well, I think, well, I think here's, here's the difference. If you want to run lean and it's simply Vegas, we do run very lean. I mean, I think a lot of people that come and look at our company are very surprised. Like I, I, doing what we do with the joint venture partnerships with other large brokers across the country, like I go and, and the amount of staff they have is just mind boggling to me. It's like, Oh man, that is a bunch of people, um, for what yeah, they do. Like yesterday, I, I had a conversation with somebody last night and we were talking about them folding their fairly, you know, it's a large company. They were talking about, we had, a, we had our first preliminary conversation about them folding their company into us, I guess, cause somebody else did it last week. And, uh, this person just, spark their interest. So we started having a prelim conversation about that last night and they started asking me questions like, well, what do you pay your recruiters? What do you pay this? I'm like, I don't, I don't have any of those people. Right. Well, he's like, well, how'd you go to that? You know, 600 agents. And I'm like, because we run a good company, yeah. you know, we did, we don't need people bothering everybody at work all day. People that work for me advocate for, yeah, it's not what we do. Our employees are our recruiters. I mean, right. not employees, but our agents are our recruiters and they're the ones that are our biggest advocates. And just a lot of these positions that the, they, he was paying people to do, like I would never even, consider having those people because we don't need them because we've positioned ourselves in our business model to not require a lot of that stuff. Well, to your point. So before the show, you know, we're outside and and the guy came up and Hey, Cole, let me ask you a question. And you're all there. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but, but it's all professionals. It's not like you have a bunch of service staff doing things here. That's, that's where the magic happens in the hallways is when you have access to your peers and access to people with knowledge, because let's say that, that gentleman that had a question for you, whatever, uh, let's say he had to get on a Zoom call, try to Zoom you right. to get that information as opposed to just putting arm around as yeah. you walk yeah, along. Yeah, no, yeah, no I, you know, and the one thing that you guys do really smart as a business that, and it shocks me a lot, real estate people don't comprehend this, is you guys utilize, you, you price 
per square foot really well. Like you guys yeah. know, we have 500 agents. I go into offices that have 40 to 50 agents and they got twice as three times <laughs> the size, right? Feet. Yeah, it's, well, it's amazing. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a minute. We're going to, because that is, that is one of the things we have to talk about is, is looking in, that's actually the next thing is analyzing budget. Um, I am constantly looking at our budget for things. Now, if you are someone that runs a budget at your house, here is a problem that people don't understand when they run a budget, which is they don't adjust for inflation, they don't adjust for reduced income. Like for example, let's say you spend $500 a month on marketing, whatever it may be. If you're an agent listening to this, your, your budget for marketing is $500. Well, I can tell you just from the price of my Google ad clicks over the last 90 days that $500 doesn't buy you today what it bought you then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Um, and I can also tell you that as a percentage, if you are in the real estate business, you've probably felt a little bit of a slowdown as far as the amount of houses going to escrow. So your projected income is potentially going to be less. So if you continue spending that $500 as a dollar figure, you're probably going to have a problem. Now, a better way to do it would be to say, I am going to allocate 15% of my revenue back into marketing. Yep. Whatever that number is, is going to be 15%. Mm -hmm. As your income grows, and, and, and pick a number, especially for marketing, Jesus, that's offensive money. Like, I, I cut offensive, I, I put everything in two, two buckets, offense and defense. Like, I will cut everything defense, which is, like, yeah. which is like the back end, the, the, the transaction coordination, all of those things. I would cut all of that first, right? Like, if you're an agent and you're doing TC work, and you're, I'm sorry, you're paying somebody to do your TC work and you're slowing down. You can do it yourself. You're stupid. You should do it yourself, yeah. right? Um, that, that doesn't make any sense. So cut your defensive stuff first. Always push with the offense or cut it last. But if you wanted to be smart about it, present it as a percentage of your sales, not a straight dollar figure. Therefore, as things change, as the market changes, the revenue changes, right. as all those things, that changes. Same thing with your home budget, right? If you say, okay, don't say we're going to spend $4 a month on entertainment. Figure out what percentage of that is your income. So if your income changes, you can just change the percentage, which changes the dollar figure, and you know exactly what to do. You're not scrambling. Yeah. It's a smarter way to do it. I think that's a really good point um, because here's the other thing you're going to notice. This, too, in good times, if you keep it at 15% and, you, and it's generating more revenue, right? right mm -hmm. yep. then it's going to have a, a compounding effect. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Uh, next thing, analyze your debt. This is something that I do a lot. Um, I'm not... I, I don't think debt is bad. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's good debt and there's bad there's debt. Good debt and bad debt. Mm -hmm. uh, but you need to analyze what you got. Unlike what that one guy says, who the <laughs> is that guy again? What uh, is it, Dave? Uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Dave yeah. Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Don't do whatever oh, that guy was saying. Good debt. Good debt. Good debt and bad debt. Now, now here's the thing too. Now, what you have to understand when you look at the debt markets going into into a potential recession. Ask yourself this, is it going to be harder to get credit going into a, into a tough market than it is right now? Absolutely it is. I am mm -hmm. a huge proponent, I'm a huge proponent, if you can get one at the right rate that you can lock, I'm a huge proponent of the HELOC. Not going to pull one to buy right. a damn boat. No, not, no, no not, RV. You know, if you no, pull a HELOC yeah. and you use that to buy a depreciating asset, you're an idiot. Yeah, right. But if you use a HELOC properly to buy an asset that appreciates, that is going to appreciate faster than the rate yeah, of the HELOC, that's borrowing. fine. But it's going to be much harder, potentially, if, the, if it goes into recession, to get a HELOC in eight or nine months than it is today. 
Right. So there's no reason if you can so not to have go, the credit line. Have the credit available. line available. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. it available. So if there is a run on assets or there's a run on something and you can get some good deals in dirt, you can buy us some real estate at cheap price. Really You've good got the levered yeah. money ready to go. It's called keeping your powder dry. Yep. Now, if you're somebody that is carrying a lot of debt and you've got some you know, 16, 18, 24% credit card debt, Refinance. yeah, you need to pay, you need to reel that in as quickly as possible. But I would also recommend not reeling that down at the expense of your reserves. I mean, I think everybody should have, I, t- I, I tell Just everybody, do not pay off your high credit uh, high credit card interest debt at the expense of your reserves at this moment. What I mean by that is everybody should have stored away a certain amount of months. I call it moles, months of life. You should have a certain amount of months of life stored away that in case you lose your job, in case something terrible happens, you've got this money as your emergency fund that can get you through so you can get another job. So what, in your opinion, because I, just based on that, I haven't, we've never really talked about it, so mm-hmm. I don't understand your analysis on that. Having that, I would think that having high interest credit cards, like I go the Susie Orman route on those. Sure. I carry a zero monthly balance. Well, of course, of course. But, but, and I understand, but I would never have cash in the bank if I had credit card debt. But here's, but yeah, here's but my, here's it. the point. Let me, let me, let me, yeah. well, see, this is the difference. This is why tough times call for tough measures. And here's the thing. If you've got money sitting in the bank, right? Let's say you're 24%. Can you, are you going to go pull... I mean, I guess you could go pull yeah. cash advance to pay your you, bills. See, that's why. So you could me, do that. Yeah, I guess you is, could do that. Is they treat cash like king, but cash isn't king when my debt is crippling me. When my yeah, when my yes. debt is at at the at the at the gates. But what right? I, what I'm saying what I'm saying is, and I'm not money, saying you need to right? have millions of dollars of mm-hmm. debt in line, millions no, no, no. of dollars cash. But you, I, like for me, I tell everybody three months of life, three moles. Now, yeah, you want to have three months of life there because if you lose your job tomorrow. Something catastrophic happens. You're going to your credit cards anyway. You're going there anyway. I would. I personally, and again, this is. I feel strongly. This about is what you. This is what you. You would say. Pay off the debt to clear the pay off shitty debt. I like yeah. good debt. I, I yeah. love good debt. And John, you and I both ha- had that idea. Yeah. I had a HELOC because I had an opportunity for a building that was cheap. Mm-hmm. So I took it out because I'm earning nothing on my home. No, right? zero. but I didn't. I didn't drop it to my home where I have no equity. Sure. It was just a piece of it that came up because I'm going to refinance in the future. Yeah. And you bought an asset that makes sense. So I just took the asset now to get it cash while the deal was there. I bought mm-hmm. it for maybe 60 grand less than market. Mm-hmm. So I got an opportunity and I needed to move on it quickly right. and I had the credit line available. So I did it. Now I'm picking up other units and I'm using traditional financing through Streamline. Good, thank you. Streamline, streamline um, home loans. For all so your home we'll talk about that later. But I didn't know that I didn't even realize you guys did some of the things you did. Yeah, we do lots of things. So anyway, that, you, that, see, that sounds accusatory. I don't no, like no, that no, tone. No, no. I, I didn't realize you I guys did it. some of the you stuff that you guys. did. I had you know in my mind that it was going to be for traditional single family home no. purchases. Yeah. No, no, we can do we can do lots of neat and it, yeah. So I didn't, I, I just, anyway. including having a grand opening which starts in you know ten fifteen minutes. Long story short, long story short, yeah, the food. At the end of the day. Um, credit card debt is evil because it's insidious and compounding and people let it get over their skis. I agree. So I would never have ca- the cash in the bank that is, no, is outstanding. But you have to have cash in the bank in case, you know, uh, well, in case worse. I mean, honestly, these guys, people have not two weeks. Uh, COVID showed how ill-prepared people are financially. Right. So I'd rather be paying 150 yeah. bucks, 200 bucks a month on just straight interest on a credit card 
if shit got wild, then giving up my house or giving up but, you but know, if shit food. Got wild, you can do a cash event. He's saying you do a cash event and right, a credit card. Right. I'm yeah. just saying, and then default. You have to you play the to. numbers and the math on yeah. what debt is costing. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to go with that, Connell. I'm, I'm going to go with that. My my initial my initial my initial thing to tell people was don't don't. Go don't crazy! Don't, don't like keep some powder dry, yeah. but don't don't go too crazy. Because remember, also with inflation, the amount you owe shrinks every day. That's right. I mean, so if you started out, you know, two grand or owing ten grand in credit card debt, that same ten thousand dollars now ninety five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah it's, it's less because inflation has shrank the money. So there yeah. you go. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with things you should do in the face of recession. Hang on, we'll be right back. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back from the break. And this is also that wonderful time of the podcast when I always tell you, if you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure that you like and subscribe and uh, set that little notification for when new videos come up. Um, and, you know, whatever podcast system you're listening to us on, make sure you give us the maximum amount of star reviews. It does matter. It what does do they help. do in Bulgaria? I don't know. They have like the. <laughs> they do. Cole's <laughs> like, for the record, I've never been to Bulgaria. I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> Although, however, I do culture. somewhat resemble a mongoose. Yeah, so we'll go with so that. We'll just go, we'll with, go it. with that. So today on the podcast, if you missed part one, this is part two. We're talking about with everybody talking about recession coming. What should you be doing in the face of recession? So I'm talking about some things that we do within our companies uh, and how they can trickle down and how you can use what big corporations do in the face of slowing times to affect and help yourself. Uh, so far in, 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 you know, in, in episode one, I guess also call it, uh, we talked about analyzing your staff. We talked about analyzing your budget. We talked about analyzing debt. We talked about really analyzing all of your income streams. So that's where we are. So jumping right back into it, this is the one I think everybody struggles with the most, and this is the easiest one to do, but there's a, there's a trick to it, which is auditing your services and expenses. People do not do this enough. Now, if I tell you, Colt. Guilty. Yeah, well, well, here's the problem. They don't analyze what they're doing. This is why, honestly, I think when you lose your credit card, it's one of the best things that can happen to you. It's, it's So we've it's talked about the this. Best things that can I'd happen. rather get kicked in the nuts by Francis and Ghani about six times right, right. than do that. I know. However. 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 Yeah. There is this tertiary benefit mm -hmm. that you're never going to understand until that day happens. Yep. Now, if you have an LVAC membership, they say- too fucking bad. We're going to bill you and then hit your credit on right. it, by the oh, way. Do they? It never did mine, but they were threatening it one time. I lost my credit card, my debit card that Sons I had Sons of on. bitches. They're, they're brutal about it. Like, Okay, uh, do you guys got a debit card on something? So I, I used to. So again, I had a different experience. Is this the Canadian? Is this the Canadian thing? It was thing? the Canadian okay, thing. I didn't have credit cards. So no. I had yeah, to, but it. now I have more credit cards than, you know, yeah. than JJ. Oh, look at you, Flossie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoa. Whoa. Big credit card Chris. Big credit card Chris. What's up, buddy? They even have stickers on them. They even have travel well stickers on them. Shout out to JJ Todd. So yeah, yeah, no. You got to be aware of that stuff. And when it comes down, they say, hey, you haven't made your bill. It's like, okay, I'll pay. Wait a minute. I don't need rollup.com's five month five dollar oh, yeah. a month service that i didn't what know i that? had what is that I, i've probably paid some exorbitant amount of money okay. for services 
I totally don't even know. Well, realize. here's, okay, let's talk about that. So with, with us, within the company, the number one place I look for is SAS, software as a service. Yep. I look at things that we are currently utilizing. I try to negotiate better deals on all of those things. I mean, you should be doing this once a year, especially if, you know, when, when, when somebody does software as a service to a company, there's like a big setup period. Like there, there's, there's some lift to it. But then there becomes this period of like, they're not really doing anything for you anymore. Like you've got access to the back end where you go through and figure this out. And really, it's just hosting. You know, at some point, there's no right. value. So I'll give an example. Like our, our Simply Vegas website, which, you know, won an, an award several years ago. We designed it because I helped design it. But part of the original design deal was that I own, I own the, the, the GUI code, right? Like I own the look and feel of the website. They don't own it. I do. And we're paying like 600 bucks a month just to host that thing. Really? Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's got, you know, it has IDX integration and all that, but honestly anymore for three grand, I can have somebody rip the GUI down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, I'll call it two grand. Yeah. I can have somebody rip the GUI down, integrate me with, you know, IDX broker IDX. It'll, you know, customize the look and feel of everything. So it works and looks exactly like it does now. I'm going to have to come out of pocket, maybe three grand, but then I'm hosting it on our own servers and the cost is zero. Bluehost, 10 bucks a month. Yeah. Con- well, yeah. We, we, we have nothing. cloud servers that we own. I mean, it just costs us, it costs me nothing yeah. at that point. So I said, you know, I told our, our, our tech department, you guys need to start looking into getting this done because yeah. they just wouldn't budge. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to help this company stay in business with us. I'm like, guys, I just, there's no value here for me. Right. And they just, we don't get it. Okay, cool. You don't get it. Peace. I'm out. And some people will, will get it and some people will not. Because once you've been doing business with somebody for a while, like if you're somebody that calls them every five days. Like, I need you to change this. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. Okay. It's a pain in the ass to deal with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if I would talk to you in a year and you've just been getting this money every month yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm still trying to send you some money. I'm just not gonna send you as much. All of a sudden it's like, well, I, it doesn't, Hey, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No skin off my teeth. I didn't have to talk to this well, guy. And I think, I mean, just as if you only have a business, your car insurance, Shop your car insurance I, every look year. Look at you, Colt, John, right here on the oh, list. Shop oh, the sorry, insurance. Sorry, when's sorry. Last, are you looking? When's no, the last, I'm when's, not, but I, well, I because that's something I grew up in the car industry, right? Like yeah. you get insurance for brand new cars or whatever, and now three years, four years later, your car's not a brand new car. You know, things are changing. So, yeah, you, you shop, shop insurance rates. I do all, all of that. It. Shop so. When's the last time you, I mean, you just. Today. You just send that month. Did you really do it today? Okay. Well, good for you, Chris. You really did? Look at you. Yeah, we, we, we're upping a bunch of stuff. Right, oh. but good for you. So, but we, we got it. Too. Well, that's why. Good for you. That no, that's just am- totally coincidental. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, you, I, I need to do it more often. You so. have to shop. That's <laughs> and people, this is stuff people don't. But back to, back to stuff. Software as a service. Yep. The number one place where, you, if you're at home, you're an average person where you're getting probably got is now all these damn streaming services, mm-hmm. oh, and there's a yeah. million of them. And here's the thing. Here's the problem. I'm going to tell you the problem right now. You have a streaming services, and here it comes. Ready. You tell yourself, I got to batten down, I got to do the difference. And you start going through it where you lose your credit card and you start seeing all the crap that you pay the monthly fee for, right? And you're like, oh, it's only $6. You tell yourself a lie, and this is the lie. I'm probably going to watch it again when Yellowstone comes on. I'm probably going to watch it again when this comes on. I'll yeah. watch it again. Guess what? Here, here's the secret. You can unsubscribe and then resubscribe when you need it. Right. Don't just let it care. It takes two seconds yeah. to resubscribe to this stuff. But yet you're like, you, you want to, oh man, maybe I'll I have sometimes. Peacock. Dude, do this. The NBA finals yeah. was only showing a game on it. I got it. it one time. Yeah. I've been but, paying for it for 12 months. I, I forgot about it. I, yeah. Yep. And I that's the same thing with dude. the uh, boxing thing. 
ESPN. ESPN Plus. No, yeah. no, not that one. The other one that um, oh, uh, um, Canelo uh, uh, does, uh, whatever um, that is. Oh. But the same thing. The zone. No, yeah, but the zone. but yeah. but dude, go into your iPhone and look at your like look into your reoccurring subscription. You'll be shocked. And how much stuff. Yeah. I actually, you know, the one app that I do love, InstaRead, where I, I read the books quickly and decide if I want to read them. Dude, I had two subscriptions running at the same time. I don't I know have how that's two possible. audible subscriptions, I found I don't know how that's out. possible. Right. Like, dude, unsubscribe from everything and then just resubscribe as you need it. And I think you'll be shocked at how much stuff you just completely forget about and never go back to. Or borrow your friend's login. Yeah, <laughs> which, they, they've shut, which they've shut down, which is crazy. But yeah, I can you imagine though, you guys? Think about that? the business opportunity here. If you took all of the streaming services and put them all on one platform, you where all the channels were there at once, we just had everything. Man, <laughs> can we only dream? What a world! Cable television. You'd have cable television. <laughs> Like I thought, you it was guys such have a cocks <laughs> because my cocks I did, has gotten I hate so it. Okay. expensive. Three hundred dollars a let's, month. That's yeah. why okay. I joke around. All right, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. How many people just have Cox cable at their house because they've had it forever? Right. Cancel my it. my cable bill at my house, and I just because we and I think we may have now found a solution with the YouTube TV thing. I YouTube think that TV might be is infinitely better. Yeah, that might be a solution, but just we have so many TVs. I won't mention how many we have because it's egregious. Um, but we have so many different things. I had to have Cox cable. Because like DirecTV couldn't do it, whatever else. So I think our cable bill is like seven hundred dollars a month. Probably because mine's three. Yeah, it's, 12 it's, or it's, something, it's, and it's I bananas. Don't do and we're right now we're leaning into into moving off of it because I think the YouTube TV YouTube TV is great. Good. We need yeah, to talk about this later because I'm same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. and, here, and here's the thing: just like the subscription stuff. You know, when I'm like, well, maybe I'll use it. I'm like, well, maybe one day we'll have a Super Bowl party and I'll need yeah. 19 TVs on at one time. Okay, number of times I have a Super Party, zero. You come over to my Super I go to your party. house. I'm not, I'm not ever going to have it. As long as we're party. friends, I'm going yeah, to your yeah, house. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Uh, telecom, you know, renegotiate your telecom. When's the last time you looked at your cell phone bill? When's I look at all of your bills and I'm telling you, you'd be amazed at what you'll get. If you just, if you just try, you know, yes, I'll tell you a story yesterday. My son, I uh, had a, uh, something he was supposed to do for school. I don't know what it was. I mean, my son's an exceptional student and he had something he was supposed to do for school and he couldn't get into it cause he couldn't get in the system cause he thought he could get into it over the weekend and he couldn't cause he's locked out of school, whatever. And he's stressed out about this like crazy. Oh my God, I'm, it's going to drop me. I'm going to get a B it's gonna drop. I'm stressed out all weekend. And, and here's the thing, you know, if he gets a B and he tries, I don't care. Right. He's eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, he's in eighth grade, right? But but I don't care. Yeah. But it, what I'm looking for is the effort. That's all I care mm-hmm. about, right? And, you know, he goes, and he says to me, he goes, there's nothing I can do. And I go, all right, here's the deal. If you get a B in this class, I'm going to take away your phone for the entire summer. So I told him, I'm going to take it away for the whole summer if you get a B. Eyes got real big. And Guess get, who figured it out? Hang on. Yeah. And my wife, go, my wife goes, why don't you just email the teacher? He goes, I don't think I can do that. I go, Losing your phone, it's up to you. Man, I would try a whole bunch Hang of on, stuff right, right now, buddy. Right. Yeah, so yeah. no, so so he 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 gets the email from my wife. He emails the teacher, and she responds back with, "Hayden, I know the complexity of the novels that you read. Don't even worry about doing it. <laughs> Don't even worry about just it. About asking, right? And, and the point was, when trying. he got done, I looked at him and I said, just so we're clear, I could care less about the B. I care less. Care about the I care about the fact about, that you said yeah. there was no move because there's always, there's always a, move. a move. There's always a move somewhere. 100%. So yeah, there you go. Always something you can do. Don't tell me there's nothing yeah. you can do. So, this sounds shitty to say, and I've said this before, and what I mean by it is less sinister than what it sounds like. 
Cole like sinister. Right right. No, so this is he knows where the bodies are buried, like me apparently. I'm about to say something very sinister, but I think it has application, and I think it goes sure. to your point. Anybody who lies, you ever met a liar? Somebody that yeah. literally is a liar. Anybody who lies just means they're not clever enough to understand what the truth looks like. <laughs> There's the truth and well, the no, truth. But, but, but it's true, right? <laughs> like Because you have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to frame things in a way that makes sense. You have to be able to figure things out, right? It means you're unclever if you have to lie. Mm. And I see quitting as like lying. So you're saying, he said, there's nothing I can do. Quitting Hands to up. me is the like universe, lying. The universe has dealt me the cards that I have. There's yeah, nothing I, I can I'm do. I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do. That to me is what happens. And then liars lie to try to get out of what they feel is a, a lack of other solutions. Yeah. Right? That's typically why people lie because they're not clever enough. And, well, that's why people get into major trouble, right? Because there exactly. is a way to fix stuff. I all I have one that luckily didn't go south, but it was so close going south. And I'm like, you guys, if you want to lie to me, I wouldn't have done another the contract was going to be voided mm -hmm. because the contract days just ran out and there was a yeah. thing that we we're waiting on. We extended it another 60 days and then we found out somebody's lying to us. I'm like, great, now we're going to lose $30,000 of earnest money because you lied to us, right? right. Like, that, who you, was it, John Gotti or somebody said, I don't lie because I'm not afraid of people. So or, that's, so you see what I mean by that? And it sounds like I said an application. It sounds like, well, that's just deceptive in a different way. What mm -hmm. it means is there's always a creative way to mm -hmm. problem solve. Sure. If I came up to you, you'll find that 95% of people desire to be helpful if you frame it in the right way. Mm -hmm. This is what I think. And again, I don't want to get political, but this is where the Democrats have absolutely lost so many potential voters is that they and don't. You would, you would know this. Well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm an independent. I'm a registered uh -huh, independent. Sure you are. I can <laughs> Google that. I'm not. I, like, but anyway, you can. I, I'll show up as a registered independent. But at the end of the day. Keep talking, Chris. Keep I'm talking. Go. He's, keep, he's Googling it. He's what, what people don't realize is that you need to let people feel good about helping you. You got to inspire people to want to help you. Sure. When you point a finger and say, you do this, you're this, yeah. I'm never going to respond well to that. Nobody will. Yeah. But if you ever ask people, hey, can you help me out here? John, if I came up to you and said, you know, I can't pay my rent. If I said, hey, no. let me do something no. for you. No. If you frame it in a way, be like, hey, look. Hey, John, look, uh, I need to borrow $1,000 from you. Remember that one, you know, if I do, you do that in a way, you'll find a way out of it. You, mm -hmm. or it gets uncomfortable or it's weird right yeah. if you if you frame it where it'd be like hey can i do this for you this is what i need but i want to make sure i'm not taking advantage of you so let me do this in well I'll, I'll tell you how to i'll tell you how to frame that yeah. if that's your situation whatever but, it is but, but, yeah. no, but, I'm, but there's somebody listening it's to this right now situation but there's somebody listening <laughs> to this. He doesn't that, need is their that is their situation right now and, and i i got this call but do you see what i mean but i got this call the other day from somebody um somebody called me up and they said hey um you know, look, with things are getting a little lean, I had some stuff fall apart, I don't know what I'm doing. I just wanted to know, is there anything that you, because you have so much stuff going on, is there anything that you think I would be good for to plug in as like a side gig? And I said, wonderful. And I said, yeah, man, let me call you back. And I made two phone calls and I called him back and I said, I'm gonna connect you with this guy and call him and he's gonna sort you out. And I don't, I don't know anything came of it, but I felt good for helping this person. It exactly. solved the problem that I had. Yes. And it did nothing. Because I think innately, I think to your point, people I think people want to help other people. People they want to help. help. People want to feel good about, about yeah. what they do. People want to be recognized, right? Yeah. The average person, we've said this many times, but most people are living quiet lives of desperation, 
if you come up to somebody and you make them feel special, how many times do people get on their high horse about I cold for the guy's Starbucks behind me or whatever in line? You're talking about five, ten, twenty dollars worth of you yeah. know charitable goodwill or whatever passing along down. Starbucks at worst. No, no, it's just one of those things where people there's a, a a desire for this and there's a human nature. There's this human element that we want to help our tribe. You we do. Our tribes are, are way too big now to feel that's that Dunbar's number or whatever or the the yeah. but when you give people an opportunity to help and you frame it in a way where you're letting them know that you recognize that they're special or helpful or have the ability to help you, mm-hmm. 95% of people are, are going to step but, up and help. But, but, I'll, but I'll say this. If you want help, appear to be helpable. And what I mean by That's that very is, good point too. if like you said, living, yeah. living, living in a state of quiet desperation, like I got to believe that you're, you're trying. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're, you're trying, I'm into, I'm into push the rock with you. Right. right. But if you're looking for me to push the rock for That's you, right. then no, like for example, um, I don't know how this even came up last night. We probably should have talked about this, but I guess now the Starbucks employees are trying to unionize. Right. <sighs> you pour coffee. And you're talking about a company that is that is notoriously historically, historically. known, notoriously yeah. known, not historical, notoriously known for overpaying employees. Yeah, either historically for, for, for college education. Yes, for, for, for paying for health health insurance. everything, yeah, health insurance, everything. And yeah. now you're trying to unionize against the big bag Starbucks? Well, so like I, like those it. people to me are not helpable. There's nothing about right. that scenario that I feel sorry for any of those people. I don't feel sorry for anybody who's trying to form a union, but I will say this. That's because you're, that's because you're blue. Yeah. You know, no, 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 uh, no. Somebody framed your, it to me this way. I personally don't think unions, I think employers when they're good, there's never an issue. So yeah. if you treat people well and you do whatever, most people will fight against it because Unions have a lot of problems. I've been in unions and I hated them personally mm-hmm. just because somebody's taking money and not doing shit for me. It's sure. just, they get fat. It's very political on their own. But somebody said to me this phrase, it goes, he was a shop steward and he said, what we're trying to do is you have units of labor and you have units of capital. Mm-hmm. We're trying to commoditize. We're trying to take greater power over the value of a unit of labor versus capital. Now, if we have the ability to do that, if there's something particular about our set of skills that allows that, then what is preventing us from utilizing our own uh, units of labor, right, to get a higher market value for them like you would if you had a scarce piece of real estate? But see, the way I I understand it. But here's the difference. The the way that I I understand it, and I may be wrong, was unions were formed out of a need in the 20s in the Industrial Revolution when employers would people through brutal, terrible, dangerous, deadly working conditions. Right. Democrats. Yeah. Democrats, five-day work week. That's it. All these things, right? See, he pushes all the positives, doesn't he? Yeah. No, 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 but what I'm saying is- <laughs> if Republicans if, would have known four days, Chris. Well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I can dabble and understand both worlds, but if you're, an, if, you're, uh, if you're somebody that isn't you know, an owner of the means of production, I understand why you would want to empower the value of one of your units of labor. So I'm not, I don't begrudge that. Now, me personally, as the owner of the, the means of production, if I was in that situation, I may shut them down and fire them all. You know, you, you, some you people be, think their you, labor's more uh, special well, than it really well, is. Let's, you, well, you got to understand the value of each in your market. Oh, if you're this, being though. overpaid, then if you go to do that, you may be cut out. But if you're being yeah. underpaid and you do that, it may work out. It may work out. If may is the keyword. So that moves us to our next thing here that I think you need to do is audit your own efforts, mm-hmm. right? Um, here's a great, 
great exercise for you, especially if you are in the real estate biz or any sales biz where you are a non-paid full commission salesperson, Mm -hmm. which is this. I'm willing to bet that you don't work nearly as hard as you think you do. Who, me? (laughs) Anybody that's in that position. No, anybody that's in that position. No, I know know you think you work exactly as hard as you do. I know exactly. You're you're well aware of that. Um, But no, I think, you know, people... People will grind like a 40 hour week and they'll really only do 20 to 30 minutes of actual income producing activity, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You know what? That's a great point. Cause there's so much distraction. Well, no, but it's not even necessarily a distraction because sometimes the profits live in the margins, right? Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. say you go play golf for four hours and you end up getting the best commission deal you've ever had in your entire life from that relationship. Mm-hmm. Then you were working. No, but that's an income-producing time because you're out with a client. That's income-producing activity. Well, but, but, so I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day that when we talk about going out for cocktails, mm-hmm. that's a part of my job. I, right. I, I I have that conversation all the time. I go, it is, it's hard to go out four nights, five nights a week having cocktails, doing stuff. It's it's mentally draining. Like mm-hmm. people sit there and think, "Oh, your life's so great, whatever." No, that's my job. It looks like I, a party. It looks, but the reason that you have the connections you do or whatever is because if you're generally a gregarious and social, outgoing person, you're going to meet people. And when you meet people, you generate yeah, you generate goodwill, right? And, and, and inertia. And, and again, and again, all of that I'm I'm dumping into the the category. But most people, all right, you go right now, go to any car lot. Go to any car dealership. We'll take salesman, car salesman, which is where I learned how to sell, so I can comment on this. I'm not I'm not speaking from no frame of Especially reference. if they take your down payment that you put online. That's right. Yeah, hundred dollars. <laughs> there you go. No, but the point being is like you walk Man. into a, you walk into a car dealership right now and there's nobody in the there's nobody on the showroom, no customers. There's two kinds of salesmen. There's a salesman standing around bullshitting with another salesman about nothing. Yeah. And then there's a guy that's on his phone calling everybody that's ever bought a car. Yeah. Right? One is utilizing income producing activities and one is burning time. But how would you, what'd you do today? Oh, I worked for eight hours. I was at the office for eight no, hours. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, no. But it, but dude, the, the point being is you were there, you were sacrificing your time. So the, the, the mental effect on you is the same. Oh yeah. It's exactly the same. So the point is when you're going into a period of potential recession or potential slowdown, you need to be very cognizant of all of your activities and make sure that when you are at work, you're you working. are spending your time on income producing really activities. Good point. That's a very good point. It, you know, it, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of, one of my favorite quotes ever was from this company. I worked at a real estate development firm in 2005, six, um, this guy, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but the vice president of the company, there's always this guy is talking about how much experience he has. I got all this experience. Mm-hmm. And the vice president of the company looks at me and goes, he says he has 20 years of experience. He's got one year of experience 20 times. Yeah. And to your point, yeah. I worked for eight hours today. Yeah. Or did you work for one hour, eight, and then, and then yeah. you know what I mean? And oh, then I, repeat those seven hours doing the same thing you did in that non-income producing hour. Yeah. And people do that all the time. I, I piss off more people because I... Say hey, you know your clients just are your not general no, demeanor. Stop just it. your general demeanor. Just I piss off more people. I don't know why when they say hi, I say go go fuck yourself. I'm like, what was wrong with that? No, because um, they send me clients, right? And they'll sit there and say, this guy wants to go look at these five properties, and I call the person, no experience, they have no income, they have no reserve set up, everything. I say you're not ready. Call me later, right? When you're doing. It. 
And they get so mad. Well, you couldn't even go show them? No, no. I'd rather go no. sit at the bar by myself for five hours than go drive around, waste, my time, waste time, gas. Like, no, I would rather sit by myself than waste my time. And, and that's where people don't realize that is your time is money. Certain level right? of confidence and experience before you realize that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, most people don't realize that, you know, there's two types of people. There's innovators and there's executors. Right. Wow. And well, there's probably more than that, but in well, general, there's two people. There's those that need a full explanation for things and people that figure it out. But, it, but, my, but my point being is my point being this is that, is that, is that if you are someone that is just really good at executing, you probably need to figure out how to become an innovator because it's times like these that you need to innovate some things. You need yep. to figure out how to do things differently. You need to figure out maybe different, better ways to get things done. You can't just execute. And I think, you know, I was reading an article in preparation for today talking about why big companies have such a hard time, you know, running lean. Why, why, why a lot of them, when they try to lean down, it really implodes because most of the big CEOs that run those companies are exceptional executors. They're not, they're not necessarily the idea people. They're not the people that come up with the best ideas. They're just exceptionally good at running a machine that can involve a hundred thousand people. Which is yeah, a very yeah, yeah. Yeah. difficult it, task. Well, that's where organizational design, like the MBA programs and stuff. So when we studied organizational design, you go through these things and you'll find a lot of the dead weight comes in when there's like siloing, mm -hmm. right? So you'll have departments that do these right. things. There's a lot of repetitive tasks. Yeah. There'll be 67% overlap here, right? So you only need two people doing it, but they're so siloed and there's a breakdown of communication between yeah. the organization. And so a lot of times they don't audit to your point. Yeah. They don't audit their own. Process, they don't bring the bobs in. They you don't gotta bring, bring the, the bobs in. You got to bring the McKinsey's in sometimes. And right. I don't always agree with cutting the fat. Cause a lot of times you kill the nature and spirit of the company, or there's intangibles that you can't account for yeah. in the X's and O's. But uh, to your point, you know, understanding hey, and auditing is hugely yeah. valuable. I think you, Elon you Musk to. is one of those greats that actually do that, right? He is. Like, yeah. I got yeah. an idea. You guys go figure it out. Elon is yeah. running a rocket company and then a yeah. I want, I want yeah. a rocket company. We're going to do that. You know, you know, the next thing I would say, and I think about this every time I get gas. I literally think about this every time I buy gas now, oh, which is you, you need to understand the ROI on your efforts, the return on investment for totally. what you do. Now, keep in mind, again, if you are someone that goes to a, a place and trades your time for, for revenue, man, there is nothing wrong with that. If there's, you know, this is not about, you know, everybody needs to try to get on the hustle and be an entrepreneur. That's not about that. I mean, if you're someone that trades time for money, God bless. If you're happy and it makes you, you love your job, I'm, I'm all about it. But you need to, as things change, as, as inflation happens, as the price of things change, you need to understand your return on investment and everything that you put into like making that job go, that's an investment. And that, and, and there's a thing about this every time I pump gas, like, dude, if you live 30 miles away from your job and gas is now almost six bucks a gallon and you're making 12, 14 bucks an hour, how are you doing this? Right. Yeah. Like, how are you doing this? And I know that's a very extreme example, but there are people living like that. But, but it is, you monetize your, your activities. You need to break down and say like, look, where am I spending my money? And, and the stuff, and again, I always break it down to offensive money and defensive money, if you're in business for yourself, or you work for somebody else. Everything you do is about, you know, if you spend money, if you have to buy clothes to go work at a place, that's offensive money. You have to have these clothes to go work there. If you, if you have to drive there, you gotta buy gas. I mean, all of these little things go into that, right? So you need to look at this as that is an investment in your job. Right. And you gotta make sure that the money that you're getting back makes sense. And if it doesn't, you got two choices. 
And, and everybody loves change, man. They love when they have to make a change, but you've either got to go to your boss and explain to them, look, gas is up X. It, it's costing me. I'm filling up twice a week driving over here. I can't afford to do this. I need some help. Yeah. Right. And if you are, have done what we talked about in step one back in video a and made yourself a, an invalued employee that has taken on more than you probably should. And you're viewed as an asset in the eyes of your company that will figure this out for you. Sure. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Closed mouths don't get fed. Exactly, no. but but that sitting in silence thing is not going to be good for anybody. Closed mouths don't get fed. Remember every, that. Right? You got to audit everything, right? Like I was just everything. on the roofing side of stuff, right? I was talking to one of our guys, and he goes, "Man, I'm just burning th- so much gas." I was over here, over there, over here, over there. I go every morning. You need to wake up and have your day planned out. Understand your logistics. I go exactly. Make one big ass circle done for the day stop crossing this valley five times a day it's stupid you know and that's costing you a lot of money to do that and he's like well you know but they want this i go you need to start enforcing times that you want to meet people you know as simple as that and people don't do that yeah being smart i mean you've got to i mean i guess the lesson for today if there is one overall lesson is nothing's off the table you got to look at everything. And some of those things are tough from looking at the, maybe the current job you have, looking at, looking at how much time you invest in that, looking at everything, looking at what you spend your money on and being honest with yourself about canceling things, you know, storing some money away, tightening the belt a little bit. None of this stuff is fun, No, but you know, that's like, don't wait till it's too late. Yeah, dude. You think it's tough today? <laughs> it's coming quick. Yeah. Wait, I'm Six just saying, wait till you're behind the eight ball and you don't know you're going to pay your, your mortgage or your rent that month. That's going to be way tougher than making plans for this today. Sure. And procrast- and unfortunately, procrastinating an economic change is something that you don't want to do because here's the best thing about it. Let's say you make all these changes. Let's say you do this stuff and nothing, nothing happens. Yep. Like the market's right. Great. Up. You just save some more money and that's good and who cares? But the one thing I will say is this, and it's my last little highlight on the, on the page here, and it says this. Don't cut to the point where you sacrifice your core values. Right. Or don't change that, right? Like everybody has certain things. Like you look at our company and you look at Simply Vegas and there's things that make this company what it is, right? And even last night as I was talking to this guy about potentially folding his company in, there's some things that his company does that are not in tune with the brand brand image that we do. And it's not the same lane. And I said to him, I go, you realize you're gonna have to let that go if you, if you want to come over here, cause it's just, we're never going to do that. And then later in the conversation, when he was talking about, you don't have recruiters, how'd you grow so big? It was like, because we're true to the lane that we chose yeah. and people want to be in that lane with us. And that's why we don't sacrifice those things. Now, if you don't own a big company, what does this mean for you? Dude, look at what's important in your life. And if spending time with your kids at dinners is important, figure out a way to do that. Don't pick up a hustle that's going to sacrifice those core things in your life that's going to that's going to make you unhappy. Right. Cuz look, this is supposed to this exercise is supposed to make you more responsible, it's supposed to make you Balanced. more diligent, it's supposed mm-hmm. to make you more balanced, but it's not supposed to make you miserable. No, no, no. That's not the point. It's how to do it effectively with it's just how to how to be conscientious of the efficiencies that can improve, you know, your life in any situation. Yep. It is. There's, there's only two kinds of people in the world, you guys. <laughs> Those who believe in binary. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for another episode of the Power Movement. Unless, Colt, you have anything else you'd like to share? 
No, you know, I saw Tom <laughs> Hanks go. out at the ball okay, game well, with freaking Chet. Yeah, uh, moving on. Son. Moving on from that. The rapper, the rapper Chet. Can yeah, we give it up? Hot, White and perp. Name? White and perp. Yeah, what's his name, though? They're, they reference him as something summer guy. Or yep. something. God, did, I, did I tell you that Las Vegas, now we added another, we added another jewel. Did you guys see? I don't know if you saw this, but if you didn't, you can Google it. We added another jewel to the crown of Las Vegas lore. We now have the best of something else. We have the best, worst first pitch in the history of baseball with Steve Aoki through one almost over the backstop. <laughs> In a pro game. Do you remember? Oh, yes, almost over the backstop. How? <laughs> how are you that bad? It was uh, like honestly. It was. It was like he was trying to throw it to the press box. It was wow! That it bad. went up. Check that out the on the foul. Oh, yeah, it was there was a, there was bad. a first pitch one time. Who Not did it? Not as bad as it. Fifty yes, cent. Fifty cent. Oh this, no, this, this was worse. Far no, this is worse. Impossible. For, it is. Watch it. Is far worse. Okay, I'll, I'll, I don't know how he did. How are you not prepared? If yeah. you're going to big you don't league play, game, you can play a little catch before. Yeah, you go. Little, like go something. out in the backyard. Something. Something. He can jump off of freaking his something. house into his something. pool, but I can't go Have throw a, a catch. tennis ball. Shohei Otani. And you can't like, tell me his dad. Yeah. His dad didn't play with him. His dad was Benny Hanna. So you're telling no, me that you know dad, dad can throw it. an egg into Have his hat with a spatula, but yeah. he can't throw a baseball to his kid. Have you Come watch on, his guys. documentary. No, I don't know what happened. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it was that great. Anyway, guys. So we'll be back next week again. And look, I'm curious about something. So leave me hit something in the comments if you, if you would. Do you guys like the show when we bring people in, or do you like it just when we the three amigos? I'm curious what you think. So let us know. I mean, I guess it depends on uh, the yes. content. It depends. Yeah, I guess it depends <laughs> on. Week. It depends on uh, on how much we can buy in cold ups. So anyway, Nick and AJ and Jason Egan and you know they had some pretty interesting perspectives. Yeah, they did. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, if you liked what we do, tell a friend. If you hated what we did today, tell two. Because it doesn't matter if we're talking good about it, bad about you. What's the matter, Connell? It's only if they stop talking about you. It's only, <laughs> it only matters that they're talking about you at all. It's See only you next matters. Time, it's the only thing that matters. <laughs> it's all that matters. <laughs> hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford.com. I'm here. Give me a shout.